Welcome to the Dr. Gabrielle Lyon Show, where I believe a healthy world is based on transparent conversations. In today's episode, I sit down with John Jaquish, PhD. This guy, he has spent years researching and improving health. The guy is an inventor, which means he is an innovator. In this episode of the Dr. Gabrielle Lyon Show, we talk about why conventional resistance exercise may not be the most effective path to health and longevity. We talk about current dietary innovations, what people are eating. Is the carnivore diet the way of the future? We also talk about how many exercises one must do to obtain a certain level of fitness. Really, this conversation is interesting. We talked about things in multiple domains, how he got to where he is, what makes him so successful. And what I really think that you can learn from this episode is the way in which this guy thinks. Again, oftentimes we think about the end product and what the person has produced in the world, but where some of the real value is, is how did they get there? I really hope you like this episode. This guy is very charismatic and I would appreciate so much if you were to share this episode, rate, review, subscribe. That is the cost of doing business. Let's dive in. There is one thing and one thing only that makes me not want to get out of bed. And that's the sponsor of this episode of the Dr. Gabrielle Line Show. And that is Cozy Earth. These sheets, I am telling you, if I could just wrap them around me and walk around all day, you would think I'm totally weird, but I would potentially do that. That is how soft these sheets are. They are 100% viscous from bamboo, which means they are also lightweight, temperature regulating. I sleep so comfortably year round. I never worry about overheating. This is one of my most favorite physical products. I love Cozy Earth. They have a million other things other than bedding, but if you haven't tried Cozy Earth bedding, you don't know what you're missing. They are amazing, amazing soft. If you want to give a gift, you are not going to go wrong with Cozy Earth. Head on over to CozyEarth.com slash Dr. Lion and save, get this, 35%. And it is backed by a 100-night sleep guarantee. You can check out what that means, but they guarantee a great night's sleep. You have 100 days to try it out. Head on over to CozyEarth.com slash Dr. Lion and save 35%. These are the softest sheets you will ever feel. Thank you for Element for sponsoring this episode of the show. I love Element. Element, spelled L-M-N-T, is an electrolyte solution. You know that feeling where you're laying on the couch and and you just keep testing it. You keep straightening out your leg and just waiting to see if it's going to cramp and then you relax it and then you do it again. Yes, this is me. And I know that it might even be you. So why does that happen? Well, oftentimes we are dehydrated and that's why I love Element. Element has 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, 60 milligrams of magnesium. It doesn't have any of the junk, and it really helps 
when my legs cramp and, uh, you know, sometimes I miss the personal entertainment of stretching it out, cramping it back up. Element is formulated to help anybody with their electrolyte needs. It doesn't matter what kind of diet you are following. It just matters that you are rehydrated. Element can help prevent and eliminate headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness, all the things that can be symptoms, common symptoms of electrolyte deficiency. Head on over to drink lmnt.com slash Dr. Lion. For a limited time only, you will get eight single serving packets free with any Element order. I am loving watermelon salt lately. Element offers no questions asked refund. So if you don't like it, it's totally risk-free, but I know that you will. Head on over to drinkelement.com slash Dr. Lion and get your free sample packs. Now, I am in studio here with Dr. John J. Quish. I see how you're looking at me. Uh, you're waiting to see if I'm going to yeah, pronounce it right. waiting to see if you're going to get it. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, this is a Sunday. A Sunday. This is a Sunday. I know days of the week don't matter. They're all the same. But I have to say, you are special and you are Thanks. legitimately the, although I was hoping that your better half was going to be here, but um, we'll, we'll see her. We'll see her at dinner. We'll see her at dinner. But you are the only person that I would... Uh, well, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I flew to New York for you. Like, I, I uh, yeah, like we just didn't want to do this over Zoom. Like this is no. way too many important things we're going to talk about. And we're actually going to be able to talk about anything that you want. And one of the things I really appreciate about you is you are a thinker and you are very entrepreneurial. Not only that, but you ask a lot of questions and question everything and you challenge. You have no problem challenging the narrative no problem at all <laughs> well most narratives are wrong so we should be asking the question why do we do things the way we do um you know when i was a little kid i uh i don't know i was i had like a huge oh they're probably half pound can of like peanuts and I was watching a movie and I was just too lazy to like put them away. So I was like pouring them in my mouth like I was drinking, you know, uh, a drink. And I, I had this half pound of peanuts and I felt so awful from that. It made me want to read about peanuts. I'm, I'm talking I was like 10. And uh, so then I start realizing like there's a lot of things in peanuts that are really not good for people and you're not supposed to eat a lot of peanuts and then i also like i looked at some different seeds and nuts and beans and you know like i just sort of like why why do we eat these things like there's there's like health risks all over the place nobody ever told me my mom never told me i told her she's like jeez, oh, i'll never buy peanuts again that's um crazy and you so have you always been interested in health and, and fitness and wellness i think i'm just interested Fair. They're just things that I see uh, that catch my interest all the time. Just, I don't know, engineering problems or <clears throat> um, I do like, I do like looking at analyzing the things we do with the human body. Uh, there's a lot we don't understand. And then what, what we think we understand, some of us wrong. So figuring out better answers so we can live better lives like 
Oh, I can't think of a better way to spend my time. Yeah, and you've yeah. come up with a, quite a few answers. You have also been uh, very entrepreneurial in bringing these answers to the public. Yeah. Which, I mean, I would say that you've pretty much solved osteoporosis. <laughs> and so. you're you're solving care with affordable care. What What else are you working on? What is of interest now? Well, I want to get... <clears throat> um, I want to get everybody much more fit than they've ever been or ever even thought they could be. Um, most of fitness doesn't work very well. Uh, <clears throat> I would say 99% of people, this is my estimation, but there's some research to back this, uh, you know, 75% of, of America is of American males are either obese or overweight. Um, so, you know, when, when I see, uh, you know, it gets to magnitudes where you could probably represent the population and just the people who comment on my on my advertisements. Um, most of the people explaining to me how great the gym is, you know, in response to my book, Weightlifting is a Waste of Time, they're all obese. And, you know, they, it's like double chin and baby arms is like the kind of person who comes at me with rage. And it's like, why are you defending an industry that obviously does nothing for you? Like the other day, some guys like I've been lifting weights for 35 years and I, you know, I'm, I'm in fantastic shape. And I just responded to the guy with his own picture. And, you know, people la just ridiculed him. Like, are you sure? Like you've been going to the gym for 35 years. It did, it, the guy just had double chin and baby arms, you know I mean? Like, Okay. How did we you get sure so mixed up? You sure proved my point. I mean, <laughs> How did we get so mixed up? <clears throat> I think people just do what they're told. Um, and, you know, finally we have a government that's uh, capitalizing on that by seeing how just totally subservient some people are. Mm. Just do what, they just do what they're told and they don't really question it. Um, well, I, you know, I'm just kind of blown away. Like humans are... Um, Amazing followers, blind followers, not a lot of leaders. It's just, you know, not, not a lot of people who are like, well, everybody's going to the right. I'm just going to find out what, what's out there before I make my decision. Mm. Um, you know, I never took the vaccine. Mm. Like a hurried vaccine. It's like, hey, I'd rather just get the virus and build natural immunity. Now, I've been saying this for a long time, so... Now, what I'm saying is kind of the normal thing to say, <clears throat> but... Um, and that's kind of goes to what you've been... And we're going to talk all about nutrition, too, because I, mm. I definitely want to talk about that. How did you figure out... And it's interesting. I talk a lot about resistance training, mm. and I have been listening to you, and, and perhaps there's a component of that we could really improve upon. Oh, well, it's... So I, I don't... I've never really explained this on a big podcast, so uh, you're going to get some interesting content. <clears throat> the reason, so so here, let me let me go back to the beginning. I went to a high school with this guy named Mark, and when we started high school, he was a little bit stockier than me, a little more muscular, maybe two inches shorter than me. And I mean, I I don't know, I was just I'm you know almost like six one, but I was really skinny, like a hundred pounds. That's so, hard to believe. Oh, I was a stick. <laughs> And so we were kind of, you know, the same weight room. Uh, over, the, over the summer, the guy put on 30 pounds of muscle. 
in three months. And it was between freshman and sophomore year. And, and I did the same thing he was doing. I ate this, ate the same stuff. And, um, you know, just like, well, what else are you doing? He's like, I don't know, smoke cigarettes. I'm like, okay, well, that's not, that's not <laughs> that's the magic. Hard you pass, know, yeah. Right, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and I watched this guy, by, by the time he was a senior, he was benching 575 for repetitions, like just on his way to the NFL. Um, and so it was like, we did the same stuff, ate the same stuff. It happened for him. It didn't happen for me at all. I put on a little weight, but that was like puberty. You know, it's like, it wasn't... <laughs> Like, yeah, I looked, I had a six pack, I was lean, but I just didn't put on the size. And so I, I remember when I, like senior high school, I'm like, I'm going to figure out the difference. I'm going to figure out what is different about guys like him. Because the, basically the people like in the NFL, the strongest people, right. NFL are strongest athletes in the world, fastest athletes in the world. Weightlifters love to argue with me on that one but i'm like oh yeah yeah you you went into a sport where you make like like maybe a couple thousand dollars a year but you didn't want to go into the nfl right because just weightlifting is better right okay <laughs> believable um so <clears throat> i figured it out and documented it. it's like the last chapter of the book but in retrospect i wish i had put it towards the front it, my book is it's not heavy, it's, there's science, but I, I show a study and then I say, and this study is important because, and then I'll explain sort of in layman's terms. <clears throat> so uh, by the time you get to the end of the book, I think people just look at the last chapter and they're like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> I'm not even reading the last one. So here's, here's the difference. A genetic outlier a person who puts on muscle very easily is not built like me. Like, because here's the origin of my pectoral. And if you, I'm not sure if my arm's on camera or anything, uh, but I'm just pointing, you know, at my arm. The insertion of the pectoral is usually right here. It's at the, the top of the humerus bone. So the pectoral pulls the humerus bone towards the midline of the body. But um, some people have the insertion on the other end of the bone. Very rare mm. to have that. Um, but it means they have a much longer tendon. Tendon is the most elastic material on earth. So uh, also that long tendon becomes a lever at the same time. Mm. So they have an elastic lever inside their body that the rest of us don't have, which means... <clears throat> they are able to move more force and activate the musculature to a much higher degree. So when that person works out, it's a much more powerful stimulus than when the rest of us work out. When most of us work out, there's like no stimulus at all. 23%, I think it's um, author starts with a P. I think it's probably like the eighth reference in my book. It was a 2008 study. The guy determined that there's 23% of the population that cannot, with weights, ever stimulate any hmm. uh, uh, muscular growth, any any muscle protein synthesis. So they can maybe they can have some sarcoplasmic growth. They can retain some glycogen in the, in the muscle, make it you know a little bit bigger, but 
that's not going to compound that these yeah. are the people who like the first two weeks of lifting they you know put on a couple of pounds of muscle and then they work out for 10 more years and nothing happens no matter what no matter what so um yeah weightlifting just sucks <laughs> as a stimulus because when i looked at these genetic outliers and i was like whoa i can like i know how to create that effect external of the body they're doing it internal, but we can do it externally. And the, I came to that conclusion when the clinical trials of my medical device were going on in London. Uh, so, And what device, what was that? That's OsteoStrong. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, awesome. that's my bone density yeah. device. So we were taking postmenopausal females and having them put 800 pounds, 900 pounds through their hip joint. Now, <clears throat> it seems... <clears throat> it seems like a lot, but um, they're in the impact ready position. So, you know, for my upper body, that's like right here, 120 degree angle, back of the hand in line with the clavicle. So I can either absorb or create the greatest amount of force right here. You know, when a fighter hits somebody, <coughs> they want to hit them just like that. They don't want to hit them here. They don't want to overextend their arm. They, that's sort of the, the range they want to be in when they hit somebody. So efficient position versus the inefficient positions. So what I determined in looking at how medical device was working with people, it was designed to just expose these impact ready positions, how you would brace yourself and fall, <clears throat> expose these positions to many multiples of body weight and trigger growth. Um, it is two point, the minimum dose response in the hip which is the most important place for bone density. For sure. Yeah, because fractures in the hip and lives. So, and that uh, kills people very quickly. Yeah, same uh, mortality rate as breast cancer. Um, it's just not quite as scary because you break your hip and then you go to the hospital and then you get pneumonia and you don't recover. <clears throat> so um, putting all these things together, it's like, okay, we need massive variance. So if you're seven times, basically you're seven times stronger here than you are back here. So why would we work out with a static weight? And then, so that's where I came up with the title weightlifting is a waste of time for the book and started kind of tinkering with the book and outlining it, not ever knowing if I was going to come out with it. Or when did it, when did you actually publish it? It was a, a bit ago, wasn't it? Two years. Two years. Oh, so not, not too long ago. Not too long ago. Was oh, that sold hundreds moment? of thousands of copies? Yeah. Well, um, I am going to read it Great. and we're going to share it. Sure. When your aha moment, though, came in high school, seems as if it, it started. It, oh, yeah. It started for sure. Because it, I mean, it, I went in a completely different direction. I went in the bone density direction because my mother was diagnosed with osteoporosis. It's like, well, I'm going to help my mom. And yeah, and you're was, an only child. I'm an only child. So right. you got to get the I, I knew no one else was going to do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's funny. My, my dad's a scientist, but he's, um, he never had any interest in the human body. He, he, uh, he developed the lunar rover for NASA. Oh. Yeah. So, oh, so you, yeah, yeah. I mean, so like, like, how does he live with He's himself, a problem solver. Right? So mean, it's like, yeah, yeah. So. So you got some good genetic <clears throat> brain genes. I, I, <laughs> if. If that can be transferred via genetics, yes. But it was more just like watching him solve problems. Like, <clears throat> never went the conventional way. So did he teach you to think outside the box? Yeah. Yeah. 
It's completely. Hmm. And uh, now it's like he laughs now because I'm talking about all kinds of stuff he doesn't understand. <clears throat> isn't particularly interested in. I mean, like I, I, I see him, you know, reading like popular mechanics and it's like all the advancements in automotive technology. He's just excited about it. And then sometimes I'm like, hey, check out this study you know, on statins. And he's like, can you just tell me what it says? <laughs> he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't really care that much. But uh, yeah, anyway, that's kind of cool. Um, so it was just different interests. But over this whole period of time, I finally come to that conclusion. Like, we're so much stronger in the impact ready range. And we are so disadvantaged in the weaker range, um, unless you have that that genetic anomaly situation where you have the longer tendons in the body. Um, and what percentage of people you think even have? It's less that? than one percent. So less than one percent. Yeah. Doesn't that make all this? I mean, that would probably confuse all the studies that we're looking at for muscle protein synthesis if we're not even taking into account the. Well, but who ends up in those studies? The people who are really into weightlifting. Yeah. And self-selected is what it, you're saying. Yeah. So that it becomes self-selecting. And uh, like, for example, <clears throat> one of the most powerful references for variable resistance exercise. So in the more recent years, there have been some studies done with banding um, and bars and, and stuff like that. And there was one where they did it on, uh, they had a control group that lifted regular weights and then they had... The, uh, <clears throat> the variable resistance group, but both groups were Cornell athletes. So it's like, okay, I mean. <laughs> Self-selected to be Right, so, yeah, so yeah. the people who lifted weights grew muscle and the people who used variable resistance tripled the gains of mm. the weightlifting group. So it still came out much better, but they're all genetic outliers. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, okay, like it's a, it's a bummer, but the people who generally end up not liking weightlifting or getting results from weightlifting, they go, they, they leave it. They go do something else. Hmm. I mean, it doesn't mean they're not going to be athletic. They might do something that doesn't require a lot of strength. Uh, you know, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Some other hobby. <clears throat> but, um. I think you need to focus on muscle. The two greatest drivers of long life that are uncontested are high levels of muscularity and low levels of body fat. And that, I mean, that's what got, brought me to my nutrition conclusions because nutrition research is all over the place. You can find anything is great for you, uh, especially when the study is sponsored by N Nabisco um, or, you know, the other way around if they're actually doing their jobs. So, um, <clears throat> I had to back that one up too and go, okay, what's going to make people live the longest? High level of muscularity, low level of body fat. Well, there's only one way you're going to eat. For sure. Yeah. In, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> in, 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 the, uh, in the outcomes of pretty much every unbiased study out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, heavy animal protein. Yeah. Um, so now getting getting to the point i'll i'll go back to the <clears throat> the every, x story. story everyone wants to know so should they be lifting weights it seems like that that's not super efficient uh there's other ways to do it yeah. that you're talking about mm -hmm. that 
I mean, you're the only person that I know that's even talking about it in this way. Would, is that true or is it gaining Fact. more? No. Yeah. You're yeah. The only one. I mean, I, yeah, I see my job is pretty important <laughs> because uh, I don't. And it's variable resistance. Is that? Variable resistance. That's That's the scientific term. So in another 17 years, perhaps we'll have more people that will continue to be yeah. uh, working on this. Yeah, probably. And, and what is variable resistance? <clears throat> it's just changing the resistance as we move. So when I, <coughs> when I do like a bench press movement, I'm holding 150 pounds here, about 300 pounds in the middle and 550 at the top. And um, that triggers an incredible amount of growth. Uh, I get a much bigger level of exhaustion. <clears throat> uh, only need to do one set per exercise. In, in fact, the fact that we do when, when lifting weights, the fact that humans do more than one set is so symbolic of how absolutely lame weightlifting <laughs> is because it's like, how many sets do you need to do in the sunlight to get a tan? You know, and people look at me like when I ask that question, I'm like, one. Right. How many, how many sets do you need to do in the garden to build a callus? Let's say you're not talking to a weightlifter. Well, you know, one heart abrasion on the hand. Uh, I don't build a callus. Right. So why do you do five sets in the gym? It's because the stimulus sucks. Barely does anything. And then on top of that, when you're in the weaker range of motion, you're typically overloading the joint and damaging it. Is that why people get injured as they get older? They, they get injured when they're younger and they ignore it. And, that, and that's why it becomes chronic. Like talk to anybody who's been heavy bench pressing for 10 years and, you know, they got to wipe the tears off their face after they put their shirt on because they just, you know, that range of motion is brutal. The pain in their shoulders. I have no pain in my shoulders. And like, for people that are either listening or watching, you're very fit. And buff individual people can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's true. This is just fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about seven percent body fat. I'm two hundred. Now I'm about two hundred thirty pounds. And how long have you been as lean and as fit as you are? Um, that's a great question. Uh, only recently. Is that true? Yeah. Oh yeah. If you if you look at me like before I turned forty, like I was just an average guy, L a little overweight. Is that true? Yeah. All right. Like like 19% body fat. What changed? What changed for you? <clears throat> Just inventing X3. So how As old? soon as I invented wait, it, wait, it was like, how, oh shit, that is so How easy. old is X3? In my mind, this has been around forever. No, no. Uh, God, like, well, I launched it when I was 42 uh, because I, I wanted to really get the results first before going and saying everyone's going to get the results. Cause, but it's funny because in the beginning, I was like filming some of the training videos and the comments were like, why is this like <laughs> fat, weak looking guy like promoting this product? And then other people were like, I like that they chose a model because they, they don't know who I am. Uh, especially early days. Like, I like that they chose a model. We'll be sure more, to link one of those videos. <laughs> it, oh, it's so funny. Like, they would actually like applaud us for picking like a chubby guy to represent the product. And it's like, eh, realize you're trying to compliment me. I'm not really taking it that way, but you know. How long did it take you to uh, come up with it? 
Um, Understanding this, that the variable resistance was the key and the way in which he, I mean, how long did it take? How many years? It's funny. It takes years. Like it really takes years of thinking and collecting information. And basically you don't want to come out with something and have everyone go like you're a fool like this. Right. I mean, that you know, would, right. That's not a great strategy. No, it's not a great strategy. So you, <laughs> it's like, not a good life strategy. I really had to like convince myself that it's as great as I think it is. And um, <clears throat> so like first year put on 30 pounds of muscle. I had never put on, you know, uh, more than maybe a pound of muscle. And, you know, like I told you, like all my weightlifting, 20 years of weightlifting, I pretty much just kept telling myself I was putting on size, but I was just getting fat. Hmm. You know, like, you know, a lot of, hmm, like the, <laughs> they have this, they have this thing now, uh, they say, I'm a power lifter. It's like, no, you're just obese and you have a gym membership. You're not a power lifter. Um, you know, yeah, like that. I understand. I, I was kind of in that mindset. I was like, oh, all right, well, you know, maybe I'm just a little heavier looking. And I, I wasn't really coming grips with the idea that, I was just getting fatter. Do you think it was because everybody told you you should be lifting weights? Oh, why did I keep doing it when it didn't do anything? Yeah. Well, because I knew I didn't want to be weak. No. Also, yeah. Yeah. I just didn't want to give up on it because I thought strength was a great thing to have. It just didn't seem to work too well for me. <clears throat> so it was like every time I went into the gym for 20 years, I just like, wow, like this is such a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> I need to figure out how to make it not a waste of time. Uh, and, you know, of course, I, I look around and I would ask people uh, another thing from, from high school. I saw, I saw these guys like, you know, there's a really nice gym I went to. I went to high school in the Napa Valley. Yeah. Are you from and, California? And, and, yeah. Um, and so there's really nice. There was a really nice gym and I, w I would have a membership there uh, uh, every summer. <clears throat> And I'd see the same guys every year. They'd be, I don't know, they were in probably their 20s and 30s. And, and they'd all talk to each other about like their latest strategy. And it was, you know, they, they would definitely bear the mark of the last truck that hit them. Because in, in, I, most stupid people do because, and these guys weren't particularly stupid. They were just, you know, some Flex magazine would have like a new thing you got to do. And oh my God, like this is how the Islanders put on muscle. And of course, nobody there's an Islander, but they're like, oh, wow, this is our new program. And, you know, they're just running around in circles, all excited about their program, like a dog in heat. And I'm just like, oh, they're going to waste their time again. Do you think that this changes what we think about the potential for putting on muscle? Because oftentimes yeah. people will think, uh, well, I can only put on, I mean, there's a couple schools of thought that an untrained person could potentially put on two pounds of muscle a month. I have very rarely ever seen that. And we look at oh, bone, no. I mean, we look at DEXA scans, we look at all kinds of things. It, and the literature will say one thing, but in clinical practice, it's totally different. The amount of muscle and the potential that somebody has, I... Uh, what I'm hearing you say is that maybe they're never living up to that because they're not stimulating the tissue in they're the not. most effective way. I mean, they're trying to get a tan with candles is what they're doing. That's <laughs> what weightlifting is. It's just the wrong tool. I mean, it'll probably always continue to be a sport, 
but it should be seen as a sport where the human body has to deal with the inefficiency of a static weight. Um, and it, it, it's almost like powerlifting is really the only school of thought that understands that the human body is just totally not built for picking up heavy objects. And that goes against Yet, what everybody is thinking because we would think that the body is designed for I think the powerlifters, I don't think they'd ever word it the way hmm. I'm wording it, but they understand like when they study, you know, the, the mechanics of just like a deadlift, they know how just we are not designed to really do that well, but they're going to do it anyway because they can make certain muscles stronger, certain tendons and ligaments stronger, uh, and, and overcome those inefficiencies by just being efficient. You know, you'll see a power lifter move very quickly through some of the range, you know, parts of range of motion. They can use <clears throat> momentum. They can, they can do a whole bunch of different things because they're aware of the inefficiencies. Whereas, and I mean, an actual power lifter is like 0 0.01 of like percent of people who train, train with weights. Rest of the people are just pounding their head on the wall. No idea what they're doing. Just doing what the guy next to him is doing. Uh, uh, you know, just, just as stupid as like, I should wear a mask because my neighbors are all wearing masks. You know, it's just like, okay, you're a lemming. Good job. You're, it's like a low life form. Uh, but it, it's, I, I just keep trying to hammer in, in people's heads. Like, just because you've heard it your whole life doesn't mean it means anything. Uh, you know, Frederick Goebel said, you tell a lie a thousand times, it becomes the truth. This guy was the propaganda minister for Adolf Hitler. I mean, <clears throat> like, you can just manipulate people really well. Just tell them the same stupid thing over and over and over again. They'll just believe it. Where do you think um, <clears throat> variable resistance training is going to fit in with some of the, the research? Because a lot of the, the research is hypertrophy, strength, this continuum of lifting. <clears throat> right now, there's 16 really high quality studies. Uh, they all show variable resistance will grow muscle and develop strength way faster. Like the one study I was referencing, which yeah. wasn't really set up well, still had triple the gains with the Cornell athletes. Yeah. And <clears throat> I, I never liked that. I actually, I've, I've gone to a different sort of strap line of the product, which is greater force, greater gains. So, I mean, that's a universal truth. Uh, but we truly are exposing the body to much more force than we ever would in a gym. And that's what triggers so much growth. But we're, playing to the efficiency of positions and deloading the inefficient positions while still taking them to fatigue. So a set with X3 is, you know, I'm going to go to that 550, the 300, yep. the 150. I'm going to go through that whole process until I can't get to the 550. Then I'm just going to do shorter reps with 300. And then I can't get there anymore. Then my last couple reps might only be an inch with the 150, but now I have taken all ranges of motion, the entire muscle to absolute fatigue. You cannot ever do that with a weight, not even close. So, um, you know, it's, it's, um, after I got started, I saw Dr. Atia, 
um, <clears throat> on uh, on someone else's podcast, and he said, um, "Yeah, I don't, I don't encourage weightlifting very much because I feel like <clears throat> weightlifting overloads joints and underloads muscle." And I was like, "Wow, like this guy is actually thinking the same same way I am." Uh, and so that was like a huge point where I was like, "Okay, now the world's ready for this." Like, people didn't throw you know uh, uh, tomatoes at him when he said that. <laughs> it was in front of a live audience too, which I thought was kind of a cool mm-hmm. show. Wherever, wherever it was. Thank you to First Form for sponsoring this episode of the show. That's First Form P H O R M dot com slash Dr. Lion. Today, I want to mention one of their products that I love and I use in the clinic all the time, and that is glutamine. Glutamine is the most abundant amino acid in your body, and there's some great evidence for gut health with glutamine. Depending on what you are dealing with, this is one of the most common complaints that I hear from my patients. And when it comes to rebuild and repair, glutamine, which is a non-essential amino acid, has been shown to potentially improve gut health, meaning in terms of the integrity of the gut lining. So glutamine is important also as it relates to strengthening your immune system, making your body more capable. Uh, It's amazing and has been used for a very long time, not only in other medical practices, but in my own medical practice as well. So head on over to firstform.com slash Dr. Lion, and you can check out their glutamine. It is pure micronized glutamine, very clean, very usable. And for every one scoop, you'll get five grams of glutamine. So that is firstform.com slash Dr. Lion. Thank you to Inside Tracker for sponsoring this episode of the show. That's insidetracker.com slash Dr. Lion. People age at different speeds and it doesn't mean that the date on your license is actually your inner biological age. So what are you going to do about it? Well, number one, if you are looking for ways to extend your health span and slow down the aging process, the key to health and longevity is in your blood in your blood, and of course, exercise. But it's much easier to look at what's happening inside your blood. And you can head on over to Inside Tracker, and it provides you with a personalized plan to improve your metabolism, reduce stress, improve sleep, optimize your health for the long haul, all the things, blood, DNA, fitness tracking data, you name it, they're really evolving, which is one of the reasons that I've partnered with them because I believe that they're doing really good work in the world and I think that it should be accessible to everybody. So head on over to insidetracker.com slash Dr. Lion. You'll get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. If you have not done this yet, it is time to do it because only you can move the needle for your own health and wellness. So head on over to insidetracker.com slash Dr. Lion and get your 20% off. Did you have any failures on the way to developing the X3 bar? <clears throat> Not X3, no. The the bone density medical device, yeah. <laughs> What's that? <clears throat> the, yeah, I mean, osteostrong, like... Yeah, there were there were plenty of strange directions that we took and just had to scrap it and go with another another design. Now <clears throat> it's pretty perfect right now. The the bone density, uh, osteostrong. Uh, 
there's always room for improvement of anything. And that's a problem. Never, you know, you, you never really want to ask an engineer that question because it's like, you're always in redesign. In fact, uh, here's something my dad told me, never work for an engineer <laughs> because if an engineer is running the company, all they want to do is redesign the product. They don't really care about sales or marketing or anything. All their head is always like, okay, well the next version, you know, and also, uh, he told me if you ever work at a big company, don't let the salespeople talk to the engineers because the engineers will convince the salespeople that the product we're selling right now sucks. We've got a better one coming. And then the salespeople are going to want to talk about what's next, meaning they'll never sell anything. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought those, those pieces of advice were pretty funny. So you are not going to be redesigning the current product. <clears throat> Well, it's funny you say it. Uh, last week, <laughs> as a matter launched, of fact, <laughs> as a matter of fact, yeah. No, last week, uh, last week, uh, it, it really launched the flagship product. Uh, <clears throat> it'll be it's at a higher price point. It's about a thousand dollars, but it's a bar that synchronizes to your phone, so you get to see the real time force. Wow! So through that range of motion, that I is described, very cool. Even more powerful, it captures it captures a metric we're calling total force. Wow! Which is if you look at repetitions, uh, you know, like cross section repetitions, like a sine wave. You know, up mm -hmm. the rep, down, up, down. We total all the force created under the sine wave, and that's total work. So if you like, so I might have a you know chest press day where I have. You know, I've done 9,000 pounds of total work. How long do your workouts take you? Uh, let me get back to that. Okay. So that, that'll be the next thing I go. So if you, you capture all that weight under the sine wave, well, you could be almost there because you're competing with your previous. So now you know, okay, you know, I'm going to fatigue, but I'll try and get an extra couple of shorter reps, you know, but just a couple to get, to the point where I've put more force through the muscle this time than I did last time. So it almost guarantees the perfect stimulus every time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's that is amazing. That is so cool. Like you're just, you, you look at the numbers, you know it. And, and it's funny. Like I only have one for myself, <laughs> you know, cobbler's kids has no shoes. So, uh, you know, like, um, Regular X3s, I got one in the trunk of my Lamborghini. I got, you know, one in, that lives in my suitcase. Mm -hmm. I got one in my place. I got, you know, so I got plenty of those. But the new one, I just have one and I leave it at my office. So that's my, like, during the week, you know, when I'm in town, that's that's the one I use. Just because I don't want to, like, lose it or damage it or anything like that. But, you know, at some point, I'll, I'll be traveling with that with one. With that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um it's almost to the point where I'd rather skip a workout than not have the digital feedback because it just guarantees that the muscle is stimulated. Wow. And do you track it on yourself in terms of muscle mass growth? Um, yes and no, because diet has a lot to do with that. And I've been trying to get leaner more recently. Um, I think I'm, I think it shows much better being leaner that I'm not a performance enhancing drug user because as, as soon as I get lean, people are like, Oh yeah, he doesn't look like a bodybuilder. And, uh, and I don't, I mean, 
bodybuilders. Bodybuilders are somehow lean, yet their face is bloated like a balloon. <laughs> um, I mean, just, you know, like tomato heads, all of them. And, uh, you know, it's because their blood pressure's through the roof and, uh, you know, all kinds of awful things that are happening inside their body shows. But it also kind of gives them a healthy look. Whereas when you get a little too lean and you're a natural athlete, you kind of look a little skeletal. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, there's a balance there, but it, it like I, I get way less, uh, you know, accusations of steroids comments, the leaner I am because they just kind of look at me and they're like, yeah, that's not, that's not a, not a PED abuser's face. So I, you can just kind of see it on me. So, so I've been trying to do that, which means <clears throat> a lot of days of calorie deficit via fasting. So, um, yeah, I can, I'm not going to put on muscle at the same rate as if I get the protein and, you know, <clears throat> uh, calorie surplus. Well, I definitely want to talk about nutrition, but I know that everyone wants to know how long are you working out a day and if you're doing cardio. Right. And then, and then I want to hear all about your nutrition because uh, I think you and I have very uh, somewhat similar views. Yeah, we do for sure. So, um, my workout when I started was 10 minutes and it's, you know, says it all over the X3 website. You can get a workout done in 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, when you become really muscular, you can't get it done in 10 minutes because, you have more of a, a draw of blood. Like there's more demand. Like when I train my biceps, you know, like I, I go to contract my bicep, it's that big around, you know, like I'm, I need a lot of blood to go there and I am like gasping for air after a set. Uh, and so the larger the muscle is, <clears throat> the more of a cardiac demand it is, I need to catch my breath. I need, I need to go back to a kind of a resting heart rate uh, before the next set. So, you know, that, that can take a couple minutes between exercises. So I'm still doing four sets per workout. Four sets of how many reps? No, four exercises. Four exercises. I shouldn't say sets. Okay. Okay. You only do one set of each. So it's just four, four different exercises. So, you know, one is like chest press, overhead press, um, tricep press, and then calves pushing got it you know and then we do a poll the other day with uh you've now piqued the interest of all the men listening to this podcast yeah because they'll probably be able to grow their calves interesting i used to post about how <laughs> no one can really grow their calves is it true you can they calves, you got to be born with great calves. <laughs> okay. it's completely not true I, my lower legs <laughs> used to look like like paper towel <laughs> tubes like just nothing. And now my, it looks like somebody, you know, like stitched a ribeye steak on the outside of my leg uh, and then just painted over it. So another myth that we think yeah. is true. No. That is, is I, not true. My calves are awesome. <laughs> like sometimes, I mean, you can see them right through my pants. Um, yeah. I mean, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, defeated that myth. <laughs> um, now you also asked, do I do any cardio? Absolutely not. Is it because no the it takes time, your heart rate is going up when you're doing the variable resistance and you need recovery or just? Mm-mm, no, it's uh, only because of the cortisol, the chronic cortisol issue. Um, nothing wrong with cortisol. Your body doesn't 
produce any bad hormones? Because I always hear like fitness people like, well, that's the bad hormone. Like, oh, idiot. <laughs> like, there's no such thing as a bad hormone. <clears throat> you don't want it chronically elevated though. Um, you know, you don't want ghrelin and leptin chronically elevated uh, either. So, and they're wonderful hormones. So it's like, okay. Um, cortisol goes up when your body is stressed. Getting out of bed in the morning, cortisol goes up. But then it goes back down. Have a cup of coffee. It goes up, but then it goes back down. Um, <clears throat> when you do cardio, more than 20 minutes, uh, usually above or at target heart rate, so still aerobic, mm -hmm. um, you will upregulate it for two or three days maybe. Well, if you're then trying to become an endurance athlete, you do that over and over again, now it's chronically elevated. So let's look at what cortisol does. It gets rid of muscle and preserves body fat. So you stay as fat as possible, as long as possible. Now, a lot of people have gotten to the point, you know, when they, when they get into it, they're not necessarily overweight, but it's a skinny fat situation where you're cannibalizing the muscle and then you're, you're preserving body fat. So like, you'll never be lean or strong. And like I, you know, mentioned with my nutrition decisions, being lean and being strong, are the drivers of long life. So, you know, basically cardio athletes are going to quit doing all that cardio when they turn, I don't know, maybe 60 or something like that. <clears throat> They'll have joint problems all over the place and they're going to die younger. And they do statistically. Mm -hmm. uh, and oh God, like runners will, they're like vegans. They will come up with bullshit research <laughs> like and twist a study. Like they'll have an interpretation. You read the study. It's like, it's not what the study is even about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just just completely like distorted reality. Yeah, and yeah, it's a it's a bummer because I do admire uh, somebody who can run a marathon. Like that's cool. It's just not good for you. I agree. My husband's yeah. actually training for the Boston Marathon, not by choice. Uh, he's doing it because some. I don't know. He'll have to tell us, but okay. it's supporting some troops in some way. And he's like, God, this is a terrible idea. Yeah. I mean, he's Can't not. You, he's, yeah, he's see, not a, yeah, somebody I mean, asked me that. Not a, like, a born a runner. <laughs> he's, he's not like, a born runner, to, to say the least. Nobody is. Yeah. Nobody's a born runner. What about high intensity interval training or any kind of sprint interval training? Love that. Oh, yeah. Uh, if I had the time, I would do that. Um, I used to be really fast. Uh, I was an outside center. Um, in, in rugby, uh, in university. So really enjoyed that. Uh, I'd love to play rugby again, but you know, I'm 46 years old. Yeah. So mm. like also my wife would just be terrified. She, yeah. And rightly I, so. I used to, I used to race, uh, <laughs> rightly so. I, I used to race Lamborghinis and no, um, that's out too. As soon as it got to the point where I had done enough training where you know, I was doing wheel to wheel races, you know, where you're passing people and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's like, no. I like, <laughs> like, I like her already. Yeah. She's smart. <clears throat> well, it's funny. Like, when I truly saw that look of fear, you know, and she starts blinking really fast, like she's going to cry and she's trying to hide it. She's trying to be like supportive and concerned, but not really show her emotions because. I mean, I don't know why she would ever think I would be mad about that. 
Because we all we, we want to support our husbands in their right. really bad ideas, yeah, and sure. we don't want it to be. That's it. You know. Um, yeah. I have to choose, but it's. Yeah, and I saw. I'm glad that, that you and, saw through that. Well, and she's like, but you know, like, what about me? What if you get hurt? I was like, okay, I don't need to do this. It's true. Now I am going to be racing classic cars, but that's very different. How? Oh, really? Everybody does one lap, and it's whoever has the fastest time. Okay. And I mean, it's, it's relatively safe. Yeah, it's relatively safe. And well, because you think like you really don't want to destroy a classic car. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> right. And so the cars are treated with a lot more respect by the 65 drivers. 65 miles an hour. Yeah. And not all, you know, <laughs> yeah. things are, it's it's more like the the celebration of some of these amazing cars that are from our past that are really special. So um, I'm having a, a GT40, a 1969 GT40. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, completely rebuilt from from the rails. That is so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to hear about your your wandering through nutrition. You've probably started eating one way, have transitioned, mm-hmm. and I'm curious as to what your thoughts are in, in the current space of <clears throat> nutrition, where you see we really fail, how we're even thinking about it. Yeah, this is this is the hardest thing for me to talk about because- I got a lot of answers <laughs> and um, it's also not my field. So I kind of had to discover this uh, well after finishing my PhD. And I mean, I think I was just generally like, I was thrilled as soon, but then as soon as I started telling people about it, they saw it as very limiting and like removing stuff from your diet that's bad for you is not limiting. You shouldn't ever look at it that way. Like if I tell you pizza sucks, you shouldn't really eat it. You know, maybe if you're not from New York and you happen to be in New York and you like New York pizza, okay, you know, have a slice. Um, I did last night. I had a (laughs) slice of pizza. Did your wife have one too? Yes, she did. She never had New York pizza. Was it worth it? Was it good? Not really. Yeah, it's not. It's not that special. No, I know. No, Chicago is just <laughs> is is not that special either. I, it's just deep, you know, it's just yeah. more carbohydrates. <laughs> like, okay, you know. So now it's like I did that. Like, you know, the next time we're here, oh, you want to get a piece of pizza? No, we already did that. Um, but so telling people that really <clears throat> the culprit in nutrition, just broad stroke, is just carbohydrates, like past glycogen replenishment, which your body can do on its own, by the way, you know, yeah. gluconeogenesis. Past that, it might be advantageous to have 15 grams of carbohydrate before a workout. Um, and yeah, I have a supplement that's uh, a combination of essential amino acids and glucose. Um, You've been very busy. I've been very busy. Been very busy making lots of stuff. Yeah. And so that's specific. It's for a specific protocol, um, really to try and trigger hyperplasia. So we get a little bit of carbohydrate, you get a lot of hydration and the essential amino acids all at once. You work out, you stretch. And um, this has been proven a couple of times in research. Um, The strength training plus the stretching plus what's volumizing the cell, uh, it stretches out the fascia of the muscle and uh, it allows for cell splitting. 
uh, muscle cell splitting. And so, you know, previously, <clears throat> you know, 20 years ago, it was like, okay, the only place hyperplasia happens is in the womb. But, you know, we know better now. It's been, it's mm. been proven we can actually induce this. And so uh, that that's, you know, my supplement. And I actually get 150 grams of protein out of just that per wow. day. I mean, I ingest the essential amino acids and they become 150 mm -hmm. grams. And notice you said essential. So you're um, you're eating, so not the the full spectrum of amino acids, just the essentials, okay? No, your body makes the rest. That's right. Yeah, you, you really only, and that's that's where I help vegans. Cause like, you know, I'm really not in favor of that. I think it's gonna go down in history like anorexia and bulimia. Uh, but it's just based on bad information. So I yeah. tell vegans, like, look, if you want to eat the way you want to eat, like, I'm not going to argue with you. But you but should. You should take in, in that uh, essential amino acid complex is made out of fermentation. So, you know, no animals are involved. That's cool. Yeah. Now tell me about your diet. Tell me, I mean, we were kind of talking before mm -hmm. about the uh, oh, yeah. push of um, this is, this triglycerides, is... LDL. You, it sounds like you've been mm -hmm. thinking a lot about your nutrition as of late? So I had a fresh perspective. I, I was like, okay, I launched X3. I wanna have a nutrition, you know, some set of nutrition programming to make people successful. Because the only people who didn't succeed with X3 uh, in the beginning were the ones who, you know, I'd ask how many grams of protein and they're like, oh, I get a lot, like 30 grams a day. And I'm like, you should put a zero behind that number. Like you, and, this was a particularly large guy who said this because uh, you want to write about one gram per pound of body weight. Yeah. It's actually, there's been a, a new meta-analysis that was done on performance and gaining muscle. Um, they found a little bit less. Yep. So but then again, like, where are you going to get your calories from? It's either going to be carbohydrates or, or fat. Yeah. Or you can just be perpetually in a deficit and just get your protein and not really worry about anything else. Uh, which tends to be kind of my current style, especially because I'm getting 150 from Fortigen, mm -hmm. um, 150 grams of protein. And then, you know, I'll have a pound and a half of steak and, you know, there. Call it a day. <laughs> yeah. So I eat one meal a day. It's just meat, meat and water. That's it. Um, it's what, simple. What? It's, I, <laughs> it's not limiting. People are like, don't you get tired of eating like that? I mean, there's there's a nice way to answer that, and then there's the way I do answer it, which mm. is like, you ever just you know brush your teeth with a toilet brush, <laughs> and they're like, no, right, like, but you don't feel the need for variety. Like, aren't you just bored of your toothbrush? Why don't you try the toilet brush? And they just like, no, the toothbrush is the right tool, right? And there's one thing we should be eating now. I like a sunny side up bag sometimes. Uh, we eat that all the time? All the time, yeah. Um, cheese. I got a couple little issues with some cheeses. Um, just has to do with some of the proteins that are more prevalent in cheeses, like casein. Mm -hmm. um, they can have a inflammatory mucus response. For some people, yeah. For some people. And, and so I just, you know, people are like, can I eat cheese? Like, can I eat tons of cheese? Like, I don't, I don't know about tons. You can eat it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I eat the, pretty much the only thing 
that we eat that is just all nutrients and carries no damage at all is, is meat, is animal protein. So, you know, some people would argue with you. Oh, lots of people and say would that argue. that is the bane of the existence and probably causing heart disease and. Yeah, they're wrong. Uh, and, and, and colon cancer. Proven. Wait, wait, what? So the co- we, uh, that, that's a good one. The, the, so the, <laughs> the major study that was like, you know, the watershed moment yes. for colorectal cancer. Yes. <clears throat> the nitrate. It, nitrate. Exactly. It yes, was nitrate I, me. Okay. So they found a, gr- a couple groups of people that for 40 years ate, you know, however they ate. One of the groups they picked was people who ate meat every single day for 40 years. They ate nitrate meat every single day. And for those of you who don't know what nitrate meat is, this is like a gas station hot dog. Right. Like even even Oscar Mayer doesn't do this anymore. Right. And what else were they doing? Right. And it's like, if you're eating a gas station hot dog every day, uh, you're probably smoking cigarettes. Mm -hmm. You're probably doing all kinds of stuff that doesn't put your health as, you know, a priority. I mean, like intravenous drug use. I don't you know. I don't know. Yeah. But lots of awful shit. And, uh, you know, they don't control for those variables. So and it's also fact, low, and it's also a low, a low quality state uh, study. It's epidemiology. Right. It's just surveys. And a lot of people fill out surveys the way they'd like to believe they live, yeah. not the way they live. Right. Right. <clears throat> so and, and at times I've seen researchers do this, you know, when they conduct an interview or they write the re- the questions like some studies will actually show the questions and the questions are like so leading right and, and they're not supposed to do that but peer reviewers don't call them out on it i do i do peer review for um uh archives of physical medicine mm-hmm. um and they'll uh they'll have things you know li- like that but uh I read those and I'll say like, wow, like you shouldn't really include the data from this one particular question because it's a leading question. Do you think that there are certain myths that just refuse to die? Kind of like the red meat, colon cancer oh, yeah. or, I mean. People want to believe, like we have news in this country that's biased. Well, all in one direction except for Fox and then they're in the other direction. Um, people love their biased news. It's a shame. People really, like, it's, it seems like they don't want the truth. They want to hear what they're most comfortable with. And like, It's unusual though, right? In, that in the nutrition a, space as well? Yeah. But it's, it's unusual. Tragic. I know. Like why? I mean, I guess people would <clears throat> rather die younger so they can eat Twinkies and feel good about it. I, I don't get it. Yeah. Like I'd rather just have the real answer. And then if I have a friend that's like, you know what? I like Twinkies more than life. And I'd be like, fine. Knock yourself out, dude. <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't I don't assume you're gonna show up to that workout day. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just like, okay, that's what you want to do. But do you think that there's a handful of myths, maybe just off the top of your head, that just refuse to die? I mean, I see it all the time. It's- if it's if it's what somebody wants to believe, um, you know, vegans. Nabisco pays for a lot of research that supports veganism. It's not because, it is because they know vegans don't eat kale exclusively. They eat cookies and cakes and all kinds of vegan products. And they make billions off of it. I know. 
Yeah, and so and it's a huge, and so that you have all these groups fighting amongst themselves. It's a complete smokescreen. Totally. I mean, the whole animal, the animals are <laughs> the main source of greenhouse gas. Cows, it's it's all a smokescreen. All well, huh? I so I don't really know. Maybe you can help get this message out. If you take a blade of grass and it falls over, like no cow ever ate it. It starts to decompose. That's right. It creates the same amount of methane. Yeah. Like marginal land. The There's plant nothing you can yeah. is always going to convert to methane, whether you eat it or not. And like I I posted that and some guys like, well, yeah, but the same blade of grass will come up and then the cow will eat it and it'll like it's just like what what difference does it make? Like, okay, or it'll die. Or the grass will just keep on growing taller and then more methane will be created like all plants give off methane when they go through their life cycle period and the cows the cow whether the cow's there or not it makes no difference yeah what you're saying um i believe is true that these companies like nabisco drive they drive funding and also they drive our conversation and they they drive what we think is healthy Mm -hmm. and then they divide us yeah and you have individuals that- <clears throat> they, they turn into an emotional argument. Uh, and you can't win those. Well, yeah, you can. Really? The moment somebody becomes emotional, there's no argument at all. You're just talking to a child. And I, I'll tell people, like, you made it emotional, which means you're just a child when it comes to this subject. So, you know, fuck off. And <laughs> that's what the ban button's for. Just, <laughs> no one wants to hear from your loser ass again. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's how they have to be treated. Mm. Uh, there's a reason that social media platforms have the ban button because they know a lot of people are just there to cause trouble. Mm. And, uh, and what about this whole seed oil situation and, and fruit? And I'm just curious as to what your thoughts are. Cause I'm sure you've thought a lot about this. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> you knew I want to talk about the fruit thing. So. A guy I really like started promoting eating fruit along with your carnivore diet. Uh, and I told him, that's not a good idea. Uh, and, and the reason it's not a good idea is because high LDLs, h- higher cholesterol <clears throat> is going to happen to anybody who eats meat exclusively. It actually doesn't go as high as you'd think. Do you think it's up for everybody? Or do you think it's a saturated fat issue or total calories? With a higher LDL? Um, how the body decides to process, like, you know, I can eat five eggs and you can eat five eggs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we get our blood work done, you know, a few minutes later. And um, your body will actually deal with it a little differently yeah, than mine. Yeah, absolutely. And so it, it, it's, it's not, we don't fully understand, like how one person <clears throat> will deal with it. And, and there are some people who just by default have higher cholesterol. Yeah. Now the good news is we have learned that higher cholesterol is actually makes you live longer. So the whole premise behind statins was wrong. <clears throat> Interestingly enough, statins have been applied in some other ways that actually have been relatively positive. Uh, <clears throat> but not for that. And, you know, when somebody says, well, I have high cholesterol, I'm like, wow, you really need to read something. Like anything, like in the last 10 years on cholesterol, because you don't understand. And um, 
So, <clears throat> but the issue is when you have high LDLs, and then let's say, so you're eating mostly meat, and then you want to go and eat a bunch of fruit too. Uh, this is what this friend of mine was doing. Uh, he starts advocating fruit, and that is, so now you have high triglycerides. That's a problem. And That's a problem. Right, and high LDL. So you basically have an artery that's sticky, because that's what triglycerides do. They, uh, The walls of the artery become particles become more easily trapped and when you have a lot of free-floating particles like low-density lipoprotein it can get stuck and cause a blockage like it's this ldl uh triglyceride thing the eating a lot of fruit with your meat only diet it's a recipe for a stroke and uh so i i kind of stayed silent about it for like a year and um, talking to other uh, other medical professionals about it, cardiologists about it. <clears throat> it's hard to find a cardiologist that understands carnivore nutrition uh, unless you have a couple hours to sit down with them. Uh, but, you know, a whole bunch read my book and they were like, this is awesome. I know the whole LDL thing is bullshit. Um, like, we don't need to worry about cholesterol. Like, I love your book. And then I'd be like, hey, can, can I run something by you? Because I, I wanted to talk to over a hundred hmm. just uh, that number was in my head like i want to talk to a hundred people about this who really know what the hell is going on because i want to make sure i'm right uh if we could just eat all the fruit we want and all the meat we want and okay whatever um it's not the case like we just shouldn't eat it now if you want to eat a lot of fruit and you're not really eating protein anyway because you're eating kale and Oh, you got to get your greens. I hate it when people say that, like they, <laughs> like they know something. Uh, it's like, okay, fine. You're not going to be lean and you're not going to be strong, but it's not going to kill you either. This actually will kill you. So, I don't know. It's a shame, but. So, do you think there is fruit? I mean, so again, you're saying that there could be fruit in the diet, but it really has to be. Calorie limited, limited, very limited. Yeah. Like I've never been like zero carbohydrate as far as my recommendations. I have been personally, uh, you know, go many days without having any carbohydrates at all. But, um, yeah, there's just, there's just no upside mm. and, uh, and there's a big downside and like, like the, this, this fruit thing, I, I'm afraid what's going to happen is some people are going to have strokes and they're going to blame the meat instead of it's like well this you know person had a very extreme somebody had somebody they just somebody died recently and they called his diet extreme and it was you know carnivore and he died of something completely unrelated to like his nutrition and we know that higher was. amounts of carbohydrates will drive triglycerides up yeah I mean, and that's, that's no one way of the, around that. That's one of the first things that we do. And, you know, my mentor, Dr. Donald Lehman, he did some of these early studies where he reduced individuals' um, total carbohydrate intake and he saw a drop, 40% drop in triglycerides. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no way around it. Like if you have carbohydrates in your diet, you're going to have high triglycerides. Uh, depending on how many carbohydrates right 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 yeah yeah so like if if somebody wants to have 
like I stay under 50 grams. Like, like even, you know, we're going to sushi tonight. There better be, there's going to be cooked sushi. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there will be some. Um, actually, uh, restaurant my wife uh, chose has a really good ribeye. Um, uh, I don't so, know. I might be having that. Even yeah, I'm, I'm going to have the ribeye. Yeah, I'm not and by it. the way, your wife is so thoughtful. We're going to early dinner. That was really thoughtful. And I you hear that kids. that was- like It's like, nobody wants to go out late when they have little kids because they want to be home and put the kids in bed. so cute. Yeah. They, are, they yeah. are cute. And also a good form of birth control. But- um, <laughs> You were saying that you can, I mean, you do well on 50 grams or less. Uh, you know, I actually do well on a little bit higher, but I, I could do lower. But, I, you know, I, I do pretty well on moderate carbohydrate mm. diet. I'm a very small human. My triglyceride looks, you know, they all, all my markers look great. What are your carb choices usually? Is it slow digestion? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I, I did come to a conc conclusion, which forced me to create, uh, another product <clears throat> uh, called Citronium. This product takes, it changes the glycemic index of, of the, you know, the carbohydrate. Does it have some kind of white bean extract or something? Um, citrus peel. Okay. Yeah. Um, in citrus peels, there's a lot of really powerful acids that, um, can alter. So like... Somebody could eat a Snickers bar and it digests with the same glycemic index of a carrot. Hmm. So I don't want people to do those sorts of things, but they will. I mean, I'm dealing with, like, I have a million followers now. I know they will. How are you so, what, you I mean, your mission is to really change the face of the way people take care of themselves. What is your, I mean, I'm assuming that's your mission. Oh, yeah. My mission is to lead people to live just healthier happier life. i mean because if you think about it, if you take a step back you have pretty much probably met nearly every goal you've set for yourself <laughs> plenty of money beautiful wife great career so you're, you're not doing it because you have to <clears throat> at no. this point no and if you don't have to there's always something else that drives the person sure well this is fun like i think talking about this making new discoveries getting people excited about what I'm excited about. Like, that's fun. Hmm. Like, I don't, I don't like, I, in my mind, in some way, I, I don't know. I quit working when I was like 30. <laughs> <clears throat> but you're still driving really hard and creating new things. Mm -hmm. I, I don't ever expect it to be any different. Hmm. Um, Do you have any major failures aside from, you know, <clears throat> that thing with the, Osteo device, but is there anything else or do you just move on so quick? So you want to engineer small failures so you avoid big failures. Like I, I come up with an idea, um, <clears throat> you know, let's say like Citronium. Came up with that idea and I uh, ran it by, you know, um, well, first person I go to is Henry Alkire. He's my co-author. Uh, co-author on the book and one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. It's amazing. He's awesome. And I, you know, I said like, okay, <clears throat> I think there's a marketing message here that's powerful. I think it'll be helping a lot of people out because they're just unwilling to go like super low carbohydrate. <clears throat> so if we can just kind of reel back the damage 
that carbohydrates do. Oh, I, I, uh, I described it that way. And I had so many people damaged, like you're such an idiot for saying carbohydrates do damage. I'm like, you ever heard of diabetes? You, you think that's a good thing? And you're, you're very unscathed by the social media world. What do you mean? I mean, you see, like, you don't care. Oh, uh, it's a matter of perspective. If I see my job, oh, somebody asked me, I was on this kind of weightlifting sort of podcast and the guy's like, so what do you describe as your job? And I said, I'm a shepherd. If I tell myself that, <clears throat> it feels like that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm just... You know, trying to get the herd to go in the right direction. <laughs> and, you know, there's always the dumb ones that just won't see it. Uh, but, you know, it's okay because it's not for everybody. Um, you know, I, I, I struggle with, I, I'd say my biggest challenge right now <clears throat> is really connecting with more people who are at all places from a socioeconomic standpoint, hmm. telling people they have to eat meat, that's expensive. I mean, our government is against eating meat and I know why, and it's not a sinister reason. It's because they know at some point, <clears throat> uh, menial labor is gonna disappear because it's gonna be replaced by robotics. Now the people in the bottom third of intelligence quotient will have no job. They will be dependents of the government, you know, wards of the state almost. Um, and you can't give them another job. Like these are people who Jordan Peterson defines as they, they cannot do anything other than mop a floor. They can't. Like if you give them a vehicle, they'll crash it. If you give them a gun, they'll shoot themselves in the foot. Um, they're just dumb. And uh, like, and this is like, you know, the most outspoken people on the internet also. Because, uh, I mean, you know the Dunning-Kruger study, right? I, I do, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 The tr like, the most unintelligent people, they don't know what they don't know. And unfortunately, some of them are influencers, and they just can't even yeah. engage them because well, they... In, in the fitness industry, that's almost everyone. You cannot engage they don't, them. They don't know what they don't know. And because... No idea. They're unaware that they don't know some stuff, they think they know everything. I know. Yeah, and uh, I mean... They're kind of dangerous, but also it's pretty easy to point out that they're wrong. So I do. And, you know, again, I'm a shepherd. That's that's my job. Like, I got to point out who's just a fool. Oh, also, I never attack people. I only criticize an idea. Like, I've never <clears throat> said, like, so-and-so has it wrong. Like, you notice I didn't even mention the name of the person yeah, because I like him. He's awesome. I just think he got the one thing wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I never... Um, you know, we're, we're fighting because we're living in a world of bad information. Um, <clears throat> we're living in a world where sometimes bad information is profitable for someone. Um, you know, Nabisco and Kellogg's will never tell us the truth. They're going to tell us to eat more breakfast cereal. I know. Yeah, they even got the federal government to say frosted mini wheats are the most nutritious thing you could eat on earth. A product that comes in like a plastic bag in a box. That's the most 
healthy food, according to Tufts University and the White House. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm going to have to be the guy that breaks it to everybody. You know, there's a percentage of people who are just going to be on government assistance and yeah, they're probably going to eat crummy food, but if that's not you pay no attention to what they're doing. It's just a sad reality. How do you think people can navigate? What recommendations do you have? I mean, obviously finding people you trust and listening to them, but even they can get things wrong. How how do you suggest people navigate this mm. landmine, this field of mis of so much information? They have to decide who they want to believe. Like when when my fans listen to me, uh, they typically don't have trouble swallowing anything I'm saying. <clears throat> also, you notice like all of my posts on social media have peer-reviewed references. They're excellent. Your posts are all excellent. of them. Mm -hmm. Like, like I mean, maybe if I don't make a scientific statement, I won't, you know, put a reference there. But <clears throat> um, everything about the human body, we should know where that that information is coming from. So it's sort of like you're not really doing what I'm suggesting. You're doing what about a thousand different studies are suggesting. And these studies were done by people who are the top of their field, who <clears throat> were trying to get to the truth. So like, you know, obviously none of the, none of the biased uh, study, there's, there's no biased study from the, from the meat industry. There is a meat industry, but um, the margins in meat are typically uh, single digit percentages. You know, like some, somebody who's got a, you know, a huge, cattle production business, they might make 6%. Whereas a box of Triscuits, 600%. Yeah. And also what you're saying is, let's say the the beef industry, all commodities have to allot, they all have money that they allot towards research, whether it's dairy, egg, beef, mm -hmm. it's the beef checkoff. You know? mm -hmm. And again, the marketing budget, the research budget, you know, these it's big so much lower, yeah. it's not what nine billion dollars if it's Nabisco or, or someone yeah. else and it's there's a, no me a couple, that a couple million dollars together. Right. It's um, well and you can also when you're Nabisco and they did this uh, multiple times, they start some nonprofit, you know, research that they fund exclusively. And you know, it's like the the research institute for healthy nutrition. And then that becomes, that's Nabisco by proxy, but most people don't know it. Right. You know, and then, you know, like, I'll, I'll never trust anything at a Tufts University again. Like, they're corrupt. They just took money to lie. And there's also some of the other bigger institutions that all do that as well. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the Ivy League institutions mm -hmm. that put out a lot of information that are funded <clears throat> by a lot of these Kellogg-type yeah. um, companies really, really make it challenging. Yeah. So to navigate, you really just have to learn. Like you, you gotta see both messages and then make, make a determination on your own. But the people that I argue with, whether it's, you know, from an X3 perspective, if X3 works, if variable resistance training works, um, or nutrition, it's only the ignorant that have the problem. Like, there's never been a single day where like 
somebody who actually knew the subject was like, Hey, Jake was, you're wrong about that. Never happened. Uh, so not that I'll get everything right. I mean, we all get something wrong. We sometime. do. Um, and I'm not guaranteeing I'm always going to get everything right, but you're man, pretty, I'm, you're pretty diligent. I'm careful. You're pretty, you're yeah. pretty diligent. You have to be you, giving somebody the wrong health advice could kill them. Right. So, I mean, and that's like why I felt the need to speak up about the fruit thing, you know? I mean, okay, and like people are doing it, and, and again, it does. It's not a death sentence for everyone who's doing that, but it just increases the chances. Why would you want to increase your chances of a stroke? You wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> so no, yeah. nobody wants that. No. You know, I am curious. You've done a lot of amazing things, and hopefully, one day you'll be a father. <clears throat> yep. Um, which is amazing. And you have a lot of young people listening and watching you. Is there a piece of advice that you would give them coming up now? You probably have a lot of really good advice. Yeah, I have a lot of really good advice <laughs> that nobody would take. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's the problem. No. Like, I worked so hard on getting my company off the ground. I went for seven years and didn't pay myself anything. Did you doubt yourself that you could get it off the ground? No, never. Have you always had this much conviction? Yes. Uh, you have to. Because when you're going to do something that no one's ever done before, you're going to be surrounded by people that are telling you you're wrong. Um, I mean, and that's probably why I just seem kind of unbothered when it comes to people being upset uh, on the internet because, like, I, no one questions me like I question myself. And that's not doubt. That's <clears throat> me not being in a place where my idea has matured enough in my own head so that I'm going to be like, I'm, I'm either not going to present it and try and prove my theory wrong. So I come, you know, I come up with a theory and it's like, how would I prove this to be false? And then I do all the work I can to try and really demonstrate that my idea was wrong. And, uh, you know, there's some ideas that I've had that it, it, a couple of different movements, little, some biomechanics ideas I had, uh, that never saw the light of day, <clears throat> you know, I test them and you know, it's not going to work. Um, so like I've, I've tried to, I tried to sort of change how people would uh, train quadriceps because it's so there's such a cardiovascular demand because you know it's biggest big, that in your glutes like when you do squats like that's why you're just like beat when you take your legs to fatigue and i tried a little different a couple different variations and nah squatting still the best hmm. so nobody questions you like you question yourself Nobody, nobody could come even close. You know, I think that that's what makes excellence. And I mean, you're pretty humble and, but this is an example of excellence, right? Thank You've... you. Yeah. Also, <clears throat> I mean, remember like the, the people that are full of themselves, it's a front. Like there, if you have to walk around like like you're great it's like no like those guys are just full of shit 
Because when you really did something and you helped a bunch of people, right. it, it it's not, that's not how that comes, you know, it's like, that's not what comes to mind. It's like, I'm satisfied with what I do and it's fun. But man, like, I don't, I don't need to pat myself on the back. Uh, when, when people, you know, like when people call me a genius, I'll be like, you know, I don't know about that. Einstein was a genius. I'll settle for clever. If you want to call me <laughs> clever, I'm, I'm fine. And also, <clears throat> Everyone has to keep in mind that all of these things, all of them, are, wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the research. So there's like thousands of other people that worked on this, that worked on these ideas. I mean, it was may, many, many, many layers ago, <clears throat> but like, I, I want to give credit to them. Like, they, they challenge convention too. And uh, so I, I appreciate all those researchers out there that are doing, you know, the right research and, and, and coming out with something that doesn't fit the narrative. You know, like you and I, just to be funny, I mean, this would take a lot of time, so we probably won't do this. <clears throat> we could basically come up with a, a study that says like veganism is great and meat sucks and causes cancer. And like, we could write the shittiest study and probably get it in a good journal. Like, and, and I mean, we, we, we would do this just to prove, like you can say like any stupid thing, as long as it fits in mm -hmm. with, you know, what's cool to say, medical journals don't, they'll be like, oh, you know, excellent, good work. <laughs> and it's like, no, like we just faked it. Um, you know, and there's there's other ways uh, researchers can can do that sort of thing. But when when you show up with a paper that's like, hey, the whole industry has been wrong about this. Like, those are the ones they don't really want to publish, or if they do, they will scrutinize a hell out of it. And uh, so so even the medical community suffers groupthink. You know, they their followers. They absolutely do. I mean. It and they're trained to be very algorithmic. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you have to determine who's on the editorial board, was the individual who produced a particular paper. And there's been many, especially within that um, lower protein group that have actually yeah. sat on the board of right. these journals like Cell and push oh, these papers through. How about Seventh-day Adventists? If you're a Seventh-day Adventist, it is your mission given to you by God to get people to stop eating meat. And these people are on boards that determine nutrition? Why? I mean, nothing against Seventh-day Adventists. Every one of them I've ever met was a really nice person. But they didn't seem so nice after I told them I only eat meat. <laughs> they were like, oh, oh. You know, like just horrified. <laughs> they look like Elmo on fire. You know that? You've seen that? Like, yeah, you know, it's just like, just, oh my God. And uh, yeah, sorry, but you know, that's, that's what the body needs to be at its best. You know, you probably don't remember this, but this was probably a, a few years ago. And I shot in, again, you get probably thousands of DMs. And I asked your advice on something and you, I don't know if you remember this, but, and you know what you said to me? Cause I was very inspired by what you've really taken is from bench to bedside. And when I say bench to bedside is you've looked at the research, you've helped with it, and then you've brought it to. I've made it actionable. 
you've made it actionable. And I was- If it's not actionable, it doesn't I was mean so anything. inspired. And I was so inspired by your charisma and how you did it. Okay. And it was, it was just amazing to see. And I asked your advice because I have a mission. I believe that we've been focused on obesity and we've completely missed the mark. And we've spent decades focusing on pathology and symptomology of, of impaired muscle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, I, I want to get that out there. And I asked you, <laughs> do you have any advice? And do you remember what you said? I mean, how could you remember? I'm going to share. Okay. And what you said- I must've said something cool. It was cool. You brought it up. It was be really good at what you do. In fact, be the best at what you do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I still give that advice. And it was just really good advice. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, yeah, I, 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 when I get asked for advice a lot at gas stations, because like I pull up in the Lamborghini and, you know, like half the people just give me a really dirty look. And usually like it's teenage boys will come over and they'll be like, dude, what do you do for a living? Uh, t tell them a little bit about it. Wow, yeah, it's so cool. Like, what advice do you have? And, uh, you know, it, I kind of try and size them up like, okay, like how much of the matrix should I show this guy? Because <laughs> it's like, I can't, you know, tell them like, you sound like a crazy person when you say like, everyone who's giving you nutrition and exercise advice is lying or just stupid and wrong. Or they're just following along with everybody else. So um, I, try, I try not to do things like that. I'll say like, you need to question what you've been told. Like if, if you like a certain thing we do and it's, you know, like let's say you like racing cars um, and uh, you get into the design of how these cars are put together. Never let anybody tell you, oh, we can't do that. They're probably wrong. There's a, almost every way we do things in automotive engineering in the past, it was like, that'll never work. And that just happens all the time. But you never hear about how something was revolutionized unless it's at the time it was revolutionized. Uh, so even though we are a very creative country, we don't really encourage creativity. We encourage following. We encourage doing it the way it, it was done. And, and my PhD advisor told me, I, I developed the bone density device first, and then I went and got my PhD. <laughs> and he said, <clears throat> I was almost graduated, and he said, I waited a while to tell you this, but if, I'm gonna tell you now, he said, if you had got your PhD first and then had this idea, you would have talked yourself out of it. Because the problem with structured education, which I'm against, uh, I mean, sometimes you need a credential, but you know, if you're a lawyer, you got to go to law school and pass the bar. Um, but they teach you how things are done and you can't do them any other way. Um, that's just so often wrong. Yeah, that's, that's really good advice. Dr. John Jayquish, thank you so much for spending Sunday yeah, afternoon Sunday. with me. This is great. I'm sure we will have you back on. And uh, thank you again. And I'll put all the links of where people can find you cool. and all your stuff. And I ex and I would like to play with an X3 bar myself and, yep. and, all, and all the <laughs> other. <laughs> getting one. So thank you so much. You're welcome. 
The Dr. Gabrielle Lyon podcast and YouTube are for general information purposes only and do not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. And no patient-doctor relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast, YouTube, or materials linked from the podcast or YouTube is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professional for any such conditions. This is purely for entertainment and educational purposes only.